Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here today recording Lost in the Woods. Welcome back. We actually had a pretty fun weekend with Hannah. We did some hiking with Hannah this weekend. So if you're on Patreon, you should go check that out. If you're not on Patreon, you should probably join Patreon because it is very entertaining. Hannah, you know, normal. Get ready. Yeah, there were some tears. As usual. Yep. Um... But everybody survived, so it's somehow. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Today we are bringing you kind of a more recent story, which occurred in 2020. Mm. So on March 21 of 2020 in southern Australia, at 2 p.m., a passerby stumbled across a burnt-out campsite near Dry River Creek Track where they find a fire-damaged Toyota Land Cruiser and a tent and gear burnt to the ground. They take a picture of the site, but it would be more than a week before it would be turned over to police. Hmm. I feel like we've come across some weird sites before, and we've done the same thing where we've taken a picture and then kind of forgot about it, not really done anything about it. Yeah. But taking a picture in case, like, we hear anything about it. Which would make sense, like, who knows what those guys were doing. Yeah, I think they were just campers. Yeah, so who knows how long it was until they heard about the news. Right. Now, police actually determined that this truck belongs to a man named Russell Hill. And this leads them to track his movements leading up to the 21st. And this timeline starts on March 19th. Russell Hill, who is 74, leaves his home in Drowan in his Toyota Land Cruiser. He picks up 73-year-old Carol Clay from her home in Pakenham. The couple stays at the Howitt High Plains before traveling to Wanagata Valley, which is a pretty remote area with little traffic. So this is like a remote bushland area. On March 20, so this would be the first night that they are here at this campsite in the Wanagana Valley, Russell Hill makes a call using his high-frequency radio saying that he made it. And Robbie Ashland is one of the members that is on this call. So they have like a group of them, and they're all like outdoorsy men, and they have their high-frequency radios, like they have call signs and everything. And every night at 6 p.m., they all get onto this group channel to, like, check in. And Russell said that he would be back on the following evening and said that everything was going great. He did not imply on the radio, though, that he had anybody at the campsite with him. So they were unaware that he was there with somebody else. The next day, Russell Hill does not log on to the radio. And this is very unusual for him. And after another day, Bobby Ashlyn, who is friends with Russell, Mm -hmm. gets concerned and calls Russell's wife to voice his concerns. Okay. And at this point, he is past due for coming home. Now, after five days of Russell's radio call on the 20th, 
His wife finally reports him missing. Five days. Yep. So she gets the call from his fellow radio friend, and he's like, hey, Russell hasn't gotten on, and who knows what she's thinking at this point. Like, okay, well, he's out camping. Like, who cares if he hasn't gotten on the radio? Or if she's immediately concerned, it still took her a couple days to call the police because I think she's probably just thinking he's going to turn up. Yeah. I mean, I I would be very uncomfortable calling the police if I didn't know where my husband was to report him missing. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, especially maybe he, like, took a detour. Maybe he's taken a detour before on a camping trip or something and, like, taken a couple extra days. Yeah, and he does go out camping alone a lot. Yeah, so maybe this isn't the first time he's, like, not been on time. Not checked in. So maybe after five days she's like, oh, okay, he's something's definitely wrong. Mm -hmm. Turns out that Russell was kind of up to no good on this camping trip. And cheating. This turned out to be a secret rendezvous. So the woman that he is with, Carol Clay, is not his wife. This is a woman that he's been having an affair with for decades. Let me say that again. He's been having an affair with this woman for decades. (laughs) They're in their 70s. So like I said, Russell's wife thought that he was camping alone Because he did this often, although his wife would later learn that Carol had been on many of his camping trips with him. So if your husband says he wants to go camping alone, he (laughs) has a mistress. (laughs) Maybe a lot of men like to go fishing and camping alone, but maybe. Mistress. Maybe drop in on them every now and then. (laughs) Russell and Carol had actually been young sweethearts, but they had ended up separating and marrying other people. So they had dated in their youth. Now, they somehow ended up reconnecting. And Carol is kind of described as like a family friend by everybody who knows Russell and knows her. So Russell's wife actually knows who she is, but thinks that she's just like a family friend. Oh, my God. Can you even imagine? Dude... Now, Carol's first husband actually died, and she did remarry, and the rumor goes that she divorced that husband because her and Russell were planning on being together, but he backed out at the last minute, and their relationship just kind of continued the way that it was. So, Carol is not married at this point. She is a member of the CWA, which is the Country Women's Association, and she is very, like, highly thought of in this group. She's also very energetic and kind and is always dressed well. Like people described her as like always dressed nicely. She wore red lipstick all the time. Actually, a lot of people were surprised that she was out camping because this didn't really seem like something she would do. When your married boyfriend wants to go... (laughs) Well, where else do you go, right? Now, Russell was a family man and a grandfather. Oh, God. He was a very experienced Bushman. And both of these people, Russell and Carol, were financially stable. And Russell actually had a lot of money from what I read. Okay. You want me to go or are you going to read the whole thing? I don't know. I'm, I'm giving you, I'm trying <laughs> We're to give multiple you an page. We're like 20 minutes in and I have not read a <laughs> single thing. 
So in case you guys don't notice, sometimes Maddie's like, no, you go. I can't. And then other times she's like, why are you trying to read everything? I wasn't going to complain. I was going to let you keep going if you wanted to. So this goes out to your list, to the listeners who say that they rather have the podcast, just my mother <laughs> than me. Your wish has been granted. <laughs> Welcome to your Marie only episode. <laughs> so when police arrived on scene, it was eight days after the radio call. And they found the charred remains of the campsite with the partially burnt truck. The doors were locked and both Russell and Carol's cards had been strewn about inside the truck. But there was no sign of credit or debit cards. Right. So like somebody, it looks like somebody had in a hurry pulled everything out of their wallet. Okay. Their wallets and taken the debit and credit cards. So the couple had a big tent, a stand-up shower, and a table and chairs. Yeah, so it's a pretty nice setup, actually, yeah. Yeah. So Russell's trailer was missing, and the couple's sleeping bags are unaccounted for. Which I think is so weird. Their sleeping bags. Maybe they had nice sleeping bags. Well, you know what that makes me think. (gasps) No, that's exactly what happened. They're dead. They're dead. They were drug out in their sleeping bags. That's what that makes me think. So I actually, I don't love that their sleeping bags are missing. That makes me very uncomfortable. And there are no obvious signs of accelerant. Any jazz like that? Yeah, there's like a gas something that's like thrown into the fire, but it's just like a part of the pile. It it doesn't look like somebody doused it in something and lit it on fire. It looks like they just kind of threw everything from a campsite in there. And it's all literally like in a pile. It's very strange. Interesting. He also had a $2,000 drone named Fred. Okay. With him, that is missing. Also, the campers that found the campsite on the 21st and took the photo said that the fire was cold when they photographed it. Right. So if you think about that, Russell is heard from at 6 p.m. He he gets on a 45-minute radio call. So by 7 o'clock... Or around 7 o'clock, basically, everything is still fine. And the following day at 2, the fire has burned out and is no longer hot. So something had to have happened. That fire had to have been lit late Friday night or early Saturday morning. Early, early Saturday morning. Yeah. There was also deer carcasses found near with their heads cut off. That is fucking concerning. Okay, and there... There is a problem sometimes in this area with illegal hunters cutting heads off to take for mounting and antlers and things when they're not supposed to. Yeah, I don't like that. I think I gotta stop eating meat. There's actually a thing called spotlighting, which is illegal, and hunters do it sometimes. You know, they use like a light, like a spotlight, to make deers freeze at night. And shoot them that way. And that's actually illegal where they're at. Once their families reported them missing, it did take a while for everybody to figure out that the couple had been having an affair. That they had, like, been together. Right. So, searching is pretty extensive. Police believe that the couple was in the 1.6 million square hectares of the valley. They brought in dogs, helicopters... Searchers came in on horseback. 
they did find an employee out there who had been camping, and he was out spraying blackberries. And he said that he had seen the couple driving in on Friday and said that Russell had been flying his drone over his campsite that night. And the guy was kind of annoyed by it. Okay. So we know that Friday night, probably after the radio call, Russell flies his drone. Okay. Now, what police couldn't understand is why they would have left their campsite on foot, right? Because the truck is there, and it might be burnt, but it's actually still drivable. And the thought is, could Russell have, like, crashed his drone, and then they gone looking for it and gotten lost, and then the campsite somehow caught on fire on its own? And, like, the camper's just missing? The what? Isn't the camper missing? Yeah, the trailer's missing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they knew that right away. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just saying. The trailer is I know. It's a whole weird. Missing. I don't think that the campsite, it, when I saw pictures of the campsite, it accidentally catching on fire did not cross my mind. Because literally, the chairs are thrown, like, on top. Like, everything's, like, just piled on top. Like, that's not how it's going to be set up if it accidentally catches on no. fire. No, and for a whole campsite to burn down, that's a lot. Yeah. From, like, a campfire, like, unless there's accelerant. Yeah. Another thought is, could they have gone hiking and gotten lost or hurt? Either way, they are unable to find any sign of the couple. And Russell's friend Rob, the one who was on the radio call, said, I think they've been murdered. I really think they've been taken from the scene. There's been no diggings found, and if there was anything around there, if no one else found them, the Wallopers would have. Wallopers is police. Okay. There was a lot of things that I read where I was like, what is that? And I actually had to look it up because I never heard that slang before. That's funny. Another thought is, could they have run into illegal deer hunters? Because we know somebody was out there killing deers. Rumors also started circulating about the button man, and could he have been involved? I'm sorry, who's the button man? The button man? Who so, the fuck is the button man? He, I know, creepy, right? The he, muffin man. The button man, though. He lives in the nearby On woods. On Drury Lane. He lives in the nearby woods and spends his time carving buttons out of antlers. He is known to appear out of nowhere and sometimes confronts hikers. And some say that he's nice and chatty, and others call him confrontational. I mean, if a guy's coming out of the woods to try to show me his button collection, I might be co- think he's confrontational as well. I don't know. <laughs> he just wants to show you his button <laughs> collection. I want to know what he keeps his buttons in. There have also been reports of a hairy creature that visits campers and reports... Bigfoot! Yep, and reports of campers finding... Pictures of themselves on their cameras when they get home. Like, sleeping in their tents. Can you imagine That's getting home and finding creepy. a picture of yourself sleeping that you did not take? That would be so fucking creepy. That would be so creepy. What do they call Bigfoot in Australia? They call him something funny. Yowies. Yeah, so apparently Bigfoot is called a Yowie in Australia. Tell me if my information that I just looked up on the internet is correct or <laughs> false, our Australian listeners. 
So police did rule out that they faked their disappearance in order to run away together. This rumor was largely circulated after police originally announced that the fire was non-suspicious. And it was suggested that maybe a phone charger had started. Aren't they? (sighs) Yeah. So I think, and it sounds like I did listen to like one interview where police said they were trying to be careful with the information they were releasing because they were trying to be sensitive to the families. And that's probably because of this affair. So they were holding back a lot of information. But when police are like, oh, the fire's not suspicious. Like, I'm sorry, a whole camp, a whole campsite burned down. Yeah. Like if your campsite accidentally burns down, you're not just going to leave it there no. with your truck that's half Okay, so there are many sightings of the couple. And sightings. So, yeah. An older woman seen at Blacksnake Creek waiting for the toilet. An older couple driving away from Blacksnake Creek hut. And they said that the woman was wearing red lipstick and looked out of place. Carol was known to wear red lipstick. Mm-hmm. So maybe that she looked out of place. An older couple near Eagle Vol River crossing and campsite. Police are unable to substantiate any of these sightings. Yep. And Robin Hill, Russell's wife, actually said, I don't think that he will still be alive. So even she didn't think that him running away was a possibility. Well, no, because she's probably thinking he's been doing this for decades. Why? Dude. Police also made pleas for anyone that had heard the call sign VK3VZP, which was Russell's call sign. And after 18 days, the official search was called off as it was believed that the couple could not have survived past that if they were lost in the woods. It seems so obvious to me that they're not lost in the woods. I, I Me too, I know. It's it just the fire... The fire, the trailer being missing, like, mm-hmm. it just, the sleeping bags being missing. I mean, I literally, it took me, like, two seconds to puzzle together what the right. sleeping bags. But get this, it would be in May of 2020 when police would start investigating the missing couple as a homicide. My eyes are rolling back into my skull. I know. Detective Inspector Andrew Stamper said... My belief is there's been a third party. We have found no trace whatsoever. No shit. Now, the strongest theory is that it would be something happened in the valley that maybe escalated and resulted in something bad happening to them. So they said Russell and Carol have disappeared to nowhere. They've either been removed from the valley or concealed somewhere in the valley. So they're pretty confident that they have searched everywhere in the open. Okay. Things went pretty quiet until March of 2021 when police made a call for a white dual cab ute that was seen in the area at the time of the disappearance. Detective Andrew Stamper said that police had been able to identify all other vehicles in the area except for this one. He said, I've been clear the whole time that this is not about catching out people who shouldn't have been out there for any reason. We just need to account for you. Right. In other words, if you were there illegally or doing something illegal, we don't care. We just want to account for all the vehicles that we know were in the area. 
They also announced that a drone had been found in the area and that it had been turned over to police. But it was not the same model as Russell's. But of course, when this drone was found, everybody Mm -hmm. jumped to that conclusion. Police also said at this time they believed the couple was deceased. And they believed that whatever had happened to them had happened soon after the final radio call. And this was partially because the toilet that had been set up at the campsite had never been used. Ooh. Right? That's a good clue right there. In April, police started searching 80 kilometers northwest of Mount Hotham. Hotham? Hotham? Mm-hmm. Not hot ham? No, it's not hot ham. <laughs> I want it to be hot ham. I don't think it's hot ham. It says hot ham. <laughs> Hotham. It says hot ham. I know. I know it does. I'm sorry. Severely disappointed that it's not hot ham. Mount hot ham. <laughs> uh. Crying. Missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mount Hotham. And there really isn't any information that suggests why police moved mm-hmm. to this area. Right. Super weird. On April 14th, two shovels are found near the Great Alpine Road at Mount Hotham. And this is about 100 kilometers from where Russell Hill and Carol Clay went missing. So this seems like a really far from their original yeah, search does. area. What, what gave them this information? Why know. are they even searching in this area? I'm confused. I don't know. So they collected other evidence. It was brought out in evidence bags, but it was not released. Like what it was. Yeah. yeah. Super weird. Now, police do release photographs of a blue Nissan patrol that was shown on camera driving between Mount Hotham and Dargo on the night that Mr. Hill and Mrs. Clay disappeared. And maybe that's why they moved their search yeah, okay. a little bit was because of this unaccounted for car. The Nissan had been seen on camera attempting to leave around midnight on the 20th. So that's the night of the radio call. But the Myrtle Ford gate was closed due to a bushfire and the driver had to turn back. So it took like 38 back and forth to get this <laughs> this car turned back around. They hoped that this would rattle those close to the person behind the wheel of the car and prompt somebody to come forward. But nothing came out. Nothing. Yep. Now, there have been other people who have gone missing in recent years, and they also have not been solved. So in 2008, 57-year-old Warner Myers set out on a six-mile walk in the National Park and was never seen again. What makes this crazier is that he was an experienced hiker, so a six-mile walk in the National Park Shouldn't have been challenging. No. There were reports that an escaped psychiatric patient had been seen in the area. (sighs) Yeah. But nothing came of that. Uh, a marijuana plantation was uncovered during the search for Warner, but he was never found. Yeah. But they found a marijuana plantation. And apparently there was an escaped psychiatric patient out there as well. In 2011, head of Melbourne Prison, 50-year-old David Perdoe went missing while deer hunting in the area and has never been found. 
2019, 72-year-old Conrad Whitlock left his home at 3 a.m. one morning, and his car was later found abandoned on the side of the road with his jacket, wallet, and phone still inside the vehicle. Super weird. That kind of sounds like a suicide to me, but... Also in 2019, Niels Becker disappeared while on a five-day hike for his 39th birthday. He was also an avid hiker. Which, kind of an interesting connection on that one, the button man had told police that he had actually encountered Becker while he was hiking. (sighs) And then, of course, in 2020, we have Russell Hill and Carol Clay. So those are all the disappearances that have happened in that area? Yep, in that area. Okay. That are unsolved. On May 5, police confirmed there are no current searches underway. There have been no news regarding the shovels that were found or if anything was found in other recent searches. So basically, it's just quiet. Interesting. Russell's wife said, I just want them found one way or another. And then he can face the music if he's still alive. Can you imagine? So she's basically like, fuck him. But if he's alive, he needs to come home and face the music. Yeah. Can you imagine, though? Your husband goes missing. You're devastated. Everybody thinks he's dead. And also, he was cheating on you for decades. A man named Gregory Lynn was brought in for questioning when his cell phone data revealed that he had been in the area where the couple was camping. Lynn was known to hunt and four-wheel in the area and had a vehicle matching the description that they had released, although when they brought him in, they discovered that his Nissan was a different color than the one that they had on camera. When they tracked the blue Nissan to his address in Caroline Springs, they found that it was actually beige. So they did something very smart. When viewing Google Maps from 2019, a blue Nissan could clearly be seen in the driveway with a red shovel affixed to the roof. So he had painted it. However, there is no sign of the silver-blue metal trailer seen in the CCTV footage, and police believe that it was sold on Gumtree between March and July of 2020. Which Gumtree is Australian's version of, like, Craigslist. Yes, and if you remember, we actually talked about that on our backpacker attacks at Salt Creek because they had put an ad in Gumtree trying to get a ride and got picked up by crazy who attacked them. That was a crazy episode. Um, There is a new Netflix documentary... And it's about uh, the worst roommates ever. Oh, God. And it's literally one of the episodes is based on this guy who was a serial squatter. And guess where they all found him? Where? Craigslist. Of course. Jesus. Now, on November 22, gesture pilot Gregory Lynn, who is 55, by the way, was arrested while camping at Arbuckle Junction in the Victorian high country. This is about 15 miles south of where Russell and Carol went missing. He was armed with two high-powered rifles when detectives moved in, and they basically immediately moved in when they found out he was there because they were worried that he was going to self-harm or destroy evidence. However, he was arrested without incident, 
and he was charged with the murders of Russell Hill and Carol Clay. And this kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. Yeah. Lynn is married to his second wife, and he has two kids. He was married before, though. In 1999, his first wife, Lisa, was found dead in their garden and had apparently overdosed on antidepressants and alcohol. Although she was said to not be a drinker. So his first wife is dead. Might want to drudge up that autopsy report, guys. He was described by people that knew him as a bit of a weird fish. If anyone describes me as a bit of a weird fish. Very concerning, right? I've never heard that term before, but I kind of like it. literally never heard that term before. No, me neither. Is it on an Australian thing? It must be, yeah. Now, after three days of questioning, police traveled to a location in the Great Alpine region. They found the human remains of Russell and Carol. Now, Gregory had attempted to burn their bodies in an apparent, like, destroy the evidence plan, which maybe that's why he burnt the campground, too. I mean, he probably got rid of, he definitely got rid of any evidence. Fire gets rid of any evidence. But he did a shitty job because the bodies weren't actually burned. He's not very good at it. He just Yeah, and neither was the campsite, like the truck. He just needs some more practice. They did find jewelry and a set of dentures near the shallow grave. (laughs) Sorry, dentures? Dentures, yeah. Were they his, were they? They were either Russell's or Carol's. They're in their 70s. Well, that's what I'm saying. Are they Russell or Carol? Yes, yes. Okay. Their shallow graves were under a root ball hole, which is like a pit that's caused by a large tree falling over. Yeah. Now, this is kind of an ongoing thing right now. The trial has not yet happened for this case. So we don't have a ton of information, and police never actually confirmed if they received the location from Gregory Lynn. But I'm guessing they did, because... How else would have they known? Right, they wouldn't have. And the dominant theory seems to be that Lynn got annoyed or upset at Russell for something, maybe his drone, maybe something else. There was a confrontation and it got out of hand. But this is just crazy to me. Gregory Lynn has, he's just like a family man who likes to go out and camp and he murders this old couple for apparently no reason. And I do think that after the trial, we'll probably have more answers. Yeah. I am very, very curious what caused this Why confrontation. Did he, and is this his first kill? Has he right. killed before? What about all like, the other missing people? Maybe Button Man is totally innocent, and it's really been this fucker the whole time. Hey, Button Man did come forward and say that he did talk to a... To one of the missing people? Yeah, I know. Which could be a him just... Him inserting yeah, himself. Exactly. Or it could be him just... He's just a weird man who likes to make buttons in the woods and have conversations with people. And, you know, he could be seen as talkative or confrontational, probably depending on how you take him. Yeah. Like, depending on whether or not you're nice to him or whether or not you treat him like the weirdo he might be. Right. Exactly. And that's how I feel. I feel like I would take him as threatening just because he was coming out of the woods or whatever. But, But, yeah, that is the story of Russell Hill and Carol Clay, which is just crazy. I mean... I'm glad that the families have some closure, but I'm really curious what led to their demise. I want to I want to know what the wife's grieving process is. I want to know what his oh, wife's man. grieving process yeah, is. Yeah, no kidding. Cuz like on one hand, you could, I could see it being like, "Oh, well, 
fuck him. You know, he cheated on me. Like, he's but been cheating on me for time, decades. But at you've been married to him. You've had kids with him. You have grandkids. I guess it all depends on what kind of demeanor you have. Because yeah, for true. me, I would be able to just uh, that would snap. Be, that would be devastating. Yeah. But if you live in Australia and know any more about this case, let us know. Because it's kind of hard to find information about it. We did have this case recommended to us by Megan Cooper. So thank you, Megan. And... Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Don't forget to post your Pinterest kitchens, kitchens and living well, rooms. Dude, just your kitchen. I just want to see what— Maddie wants to see your oh. kitchen. If you want to know what we're talking about, listen to our our tirade at the end. where We moved it to the end, so it'll be there. I made fun of my millennial mother. Yeah, yeah, basically. So thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys next week. Yeah. All right. Bye. Me and Lulu were just watching the show that Lulu started for us last night. We're just, you know, sitting there, sitting there. All of a sudden, we look at our phones, and it's 2 in the morning. Yeah. And we were like, what the actual, f- what happened? Marijuana so- will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> me and Ian were actually playing this really fun, like, I Spy game on her phone back and forth yeah. while watching the show. So I went to bed really late on accident. I probably went to bed around the same around time, the time that you I were got waking up. up. Yeah, yeah, I literally couldn't sleep last night. I don't know why I've been so stressed out the last couple of days. Like I just cannot fall asleep, or I can I can fall asleep, but I can't stay asleep for some reason. Stress, new car, podcast, your vegetable husband. garden, vegetable garden. Yeah, like just a lot of things. Then, hold on, Maddie's taking a drink of her Red Bull. The ladies today at the coffee stand had a question of the day. I think they got complaints about how little they are talking to people because they had a question of the day thing. You know what was shocking to me? I went to the Dutch Brothers and they were so fucking friendly that it made me uncomfortable because I'm not used to it. Oh, yeah. They're super nice over there. That's like that's like their thing. Yeah, because where we go right now, like Starbucks and Union... They're all bitches. Yeah, I haven't. That was the first time anyone's had a conversation with me in like months of getting coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And when I worked at Starbucks, I would have gotten myself a new one ripped for not talking to customers. I know. Apparently customer service doesn't doesn't exist anymore except at Dutch Brothers. (laughs) Well, I feel bad not tipping because I have friends in the coffee that work at coffee stands. But if you're not giving me good service, I don't want to tip you. It's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, that's but the, the whole purpose of a tip. But then I talked to my my friends at the cof- that work at coffee stands about this, and they're like, "What the fuck? Like my boss would kill me." Yeah. Oh, about like being nice. And yeah. Well, all my friends yeah. that work at coffee yeah. stands, they all talk. They all get really nice tips, though. They all make a lot of money in tips, yeah. and that's probably why because they're. Well, I would I would tip twice as much if they were friendly. Yeah. If they're fucking rude, I still tip because I can't handle not tipping. But it annoys me to tip when they're rude. If you're in customer service, be nice. And I if you just, can't be nice, don't be in customer service. I'm just upset that my favorite baristas from Union are, like, gone. I haven't seen them in, like, yeah. probably, like, four months They've now. They've been replaced with the bitches. Sorry if I said bitches, like, 20 million times. <laughs> don't mind us just complaining about our local coffee stands. Oh, for our listeners that don't know, we live in the Pacific Northwest, and we have coffee stands. Yeah. They're everywhere, though. Everywhere around here. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
Yeah, we have like hundreds in our in our like. But there's been this area. weird trend in the last year, and I don't know if this is everywhere or I, just around here. But anywhere you go, everybody's so rude, like in customer service. So I don't know. Sure. I don't yeah. know how it's how it's working right now. I don't, I don't know. know. Let us know. Are your baristas nice or are they bitches? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I will now not be talking the rest of the I episode. I do feel like our Patreon episodes. I end up reading more of those. For some weird reason. Because I, I have no fucking clue what's going on on those. Ones. I know. <laughs> At least, like, some of our cases, I have, like, a little bit of a grasp sometimes. But the Patreon cases come out of nowhere. She's like, we have to record a Patreon episode right now. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where'd the Patreon episode come from? <laughs> I spent weeks researching it. <laughs> and I had no idea. It's okay. She brought me a Red Bull today. I buy pretty things. <laughs> and I financially support the podcast. <laughs> I contribute in different ways. She did buy a replacement sweater for one of mine that she shrunk to the size of like a two year old. Yeah, so I um but should that not be count, allowed to do that. That doesn't laundry. count as just like buying me something pretty because you're just replacing something that you already ruined of mine. <laughs> I paid for our whole trip to Florida. <laughs> I took you to Florida. But um yeah, I did shrink an entire load of laundry. Like all my sweaters on accident. A bunch of my fleece sweaters. Fleece? Were they fleece or were they wool? Wool. There you go. Maddie should not be doing laundry. (laughs) No. No, I should not. Um, I shrunk them down to like Phoenix's size. Like literally like little kid. Phoenix can literally wear them. It's funny too because I've always been a like learn your own lessons, do your own laundry. Like I'm I'm not controlling when it comes to laundry. I know that some moms are, but I'm like... Phoenix, go get your laundry basket. Go put your laundry in. And she's like, should I separate these? And I'm like, what do you think? And she's like, yeah, probably. And I'm like, okay, then you should probably do that. It's been trial and error. Maddie just like throws. I've always said lights and darks. I don't do like whites or anything like that. But Maddie still to this day just kind of like shoves it all in there. And then I'll be like, what's that noise? Like the washer's like making a noise because there's too much shit um, in there. I have a complaint. I just did laundry at somebody else's house and our washer and dryer are way too fucking small. Well, they, they're like our washer is tiny. years old. Our <laughs> washer is so small. Okay, another thing that I don't really do is I hate buying new appliances. So when I buy a new appliance, it is because the other one has died. I don't even think Phoenix could fit inside of our washer. <laughs> That, it's a safety thing. Yeah. There you go. No. <laughs> but so our washer and dryer have not been replaced in the last 15 years probably. Yeah. Like I could not wash my sheets and my pillowcases yeah. and my blanket in the same load. Yeah. And then our dishwasher was replaced like five years ago, but that thing was so old. And then I did actually just replace our fridge and oven. They haven't come yet, but the fridge is making a weird noise. The fridge and has been the, making a weird noise for like six years. And the water filter hasn't worked for Like ever. at least three years. Even when we change it, there's still no water pressure. I don't three know. Three or four years I can't that figure thing it out. comes out like I a don't drip. Know. So the burner, two of the burners stopped working. And then the fridge was making a weird noise. And I kind of had like a panic moment where I was like, oh my God, they're both going to break down at the same time and I'm going to be fucked and I don't know what to do. And so President's Day weekend took advantage of the sale and just got both. I like how the downstairs fridge is outliving the upstairs fridge. It's because it's older and more reliable. (laughs) 
The older appliances are gold. I feel like our new fridge is going to break in like a month. I don't know. I know it's not, but I feel like it. they don't last as long, the new appliances. Yeah. I mean, and I don't even get fancy appliances. I'm like, what's the base stock model that you have that's the cheapest thing in here? <laughs> if you guys want to talk about fancy appliances, go message Hannah and ask her about her fancy appliances. <laughs> uh, Hannah could definitely tell you how to buy fancy appliances. I could not. I could tell you that the only thing I cared about with a fridge was I wanted it to be counter depth so that it didn't stick out. And I wanted the, uh, I didn't want handles. What? Like out outside handles. So it's got like the lip that you pull instead of like a handle. That's what our fridge was. And that's the fridges I grew up with when, when we were a kid. All the fridges we had it when I was a kid. Yeah, I had the. I've never liked the handle one. Never had a handle on them. And maybe that's because like our freezer handle right now like pops off sometimes. Like you'll be opening the freezer and Does the whole have... handle will like come off. <laughs> I'm like that's what? like majority of people's fridges that have like the bottom the bottom freezer, freezer which that handle is broken. Yeah, we still have the bottom freezer, but it's a double door open one. Oh, okay. By our house is very, like, industrial-looking. Like, it's not fancy. We have, like, concrete countertops and stuff. I would say... Mm, I would say a... I would say rustic. Eh, it's not really rustic. Like a like a rustic millennial, mo- like a modern. Modern rustic. I would say, like... I would call it modern industrial. Like... Yeah. With like our handles, like our, you know, like all the handles on our drawers and then like the grates on our cupboards, like the metal grates and all that. Yeah, our house looks very, it definitely has a, it definitely has a theme, definitely has like a vibe going through it. But it's pretty nice. I would say it's good. I would say you are just evenly balanced right in that like good millennial kitchen without being like tacky. It's really good. (laughs) I don't know what a millennial kitchen is. What does that mean? Um, like, it just, it, like, like not wood, not wood, like, it's white and gray, like, it's a nice white gray mm. scale. I feel like that definitely is, like, a very millennial thing. I feel like thing. farmhouse look is coming back right now. So, yeah. I saw a it, lot of, like, farmhouse looking stuff when it, I was A talking. lot of wood is coming back in with Gen Z now coming up yeah. and buying things and having houses and kitchens and things like that when millennials grew up in that wood environment and then didn't like it so then it's all white gray scales yeah like the cherry wood and yeah yeah, and then my then my generation is coming up and is liking that wood that our grandparents had in their houses Mm, and stuff like mm -hmm. that so then we're bringing that back in because i really like wood i really like wood Wood, like the wood color. Yeah, like and wood my, finishes I, have, and wood. I have like floating shelves. I don't have upper cabinets. Which I do really like that. Cement really... countertops, black cupboards. Except for my black cupboards, they have like a metal grate. They're, we, we made them, so they're not like, well, I didn't make them, but Shed made them. So they're, they're like very industrial looking. Like yeah. it's kind of rusted and like. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's not like a, like a Pinterest Kind of millennial. No, no, I'm not a big. Not really. You got a couple things that are kind I'm not, of are I'm pretty not big on Pinterest. You got quite a few. You got a, 
you have like a few Pinteresty things in the what's Pinter- Pinteresty in my house? Um, well, the barn doors are just Pinteresty, but that's just oh, because that's I do like really, I do have I have barn. They're white really barn doors they're nice. They're nice, yeah, but they're, they're definitely nice. Pinteresty. Okay, the pantry sign. That. Oh yeah, I got that from the junk hunt. That's a pin. That's a that's a that's definitely Pinteresty. Mm-hmm. Um, the vodka bottle with the lights in it. That's Ooh, Pinteresty. Shani made that yep. for me. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. Pinteresty. Um, give me a second. Let me think. What else? Um, you having those books in the kitchen, with oh, by the coffee. By the stuff? coffee, yeah. Yeah, that's uh-huh. pretty Pinterest. Okay. Okay. Um, my mom does not have Pinterest, by the way. I'm just. Um, nor have I think you've ever looked on there I get I get the concept of it. I did look at Pinterest when I was trying to do the vegetable garden. Okay, okay. For, like, layouts. Yeah. But I couldn't really, I couldn't really find, like, I wanted, like, here's what your measurement should be, here's this, here's that. Instead, it was just, like, people walking around their garden and showing how pretty they were and, like, (laughs) not, not what I was looking for. But. Yeah, you're not gonna, yeah, 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 that sounds about right. I'm trying to think what else. Is Pinteresty? Um, like your cameras and your books, but that's not really your. That's not really like you didn't get that from Pinterest. That's just you. But that's yeah. I've had. I got my first antique camera when I was like fourteen. She has like an will. Yeah, she has an antique camera collection and Mm -hmm. like an antique book collection in the living room kitchen area. So that's pretty. It looks like something I could see on Pinterest. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Uh-huh. With the floating shelves and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Definitely. Um, typewriter in the living room. Auntie Sarah got me that. <laughs> <laughs> I like how half of these things I'm naming you've been gifted. <laughs> um, I think that might be it. The phone on the wall. That's the old school World phone. Too. I'm not saying it's not cool. <laughs> But that's not even that Pinteresty. But yeah. I do like I do like antiques a bit, especially yeah. like old. Which is kind of why I get more of like a little bit of a rustic vibe is just because of all mm, the, antique the antique things, like okay. the clock that's in the living room, uh-huh. yeah. and then the typewriter, the phone, the old cameras. Yeah, yeah. Huh. You know. Yeah, I get it. But there's yeah. Anyway, not that you guys needed an entire tutorial of my decor, but there you go. I'm trying to tell my mom how she lines up with the millennial agenda for her <laughs> kitchen, but like not because it's like you see some people's kitchen, you walk in and it looks like it's just Pinterest. Hannah's kitchen is a Pinterest yes. kitchen. Hannah definitely found everything. Hannah, on you are a Pinterest. Pinterest kitchen for sure. You are a Pinterest whore. <laughs> Says your house. <laughs> Nobody has that much shiplap if they don't spend an extensive <laughs> amount of time on Pinterest. Hannah. Oh, our entire guest bathroom is Pinterest. Oh. Uh. Screams Pinterest. Yeah, it's like I did like black and white. It looks really yeah. good. It looks good. Um, yeah, Hannah, your kitchen remodel does look amazing though. <laughs> it, it does. I'm not saying these are bad things. Like I'm not saying that these are ugly things because they're Pinterest But you things. can tell by Maddie's tone. That she judges Pinteresty <laughs> things a little bit, apparently. So she can say all she wants; it's not a bad thing. But that is not what her tone is saying. Okay. Also, <laughs> well, yeah, you have that right. These things would not right. be in my. You guys, everybody, take a picture of your living space, like your living room or your kitchen or whatever. Post it on your story, tag us in it, and we will hit you back with on a scale of one to ten how Pinteresty. 
your living spaces. And Maddie will be making these judgments. So and we will we will upload all of my responses somewhere. Yes. So we will post all response. Like just we want to know the level of Pinteresty our listeners are. Yeah. Yeah, because then yeah. Pinterest does it, but does you being is your if your living space is more Pinteresty, does that correlate with you being more of a millennial? That's yeah, my I second question. That's my second one. I don't know. That's We're a good like, question. Yeah, I don't know. All right, we'll find out. I guess <laughs> we'll also post a picture of our living space, and Maddie can rate that as well to get it all started. So yeah. Yeah, so you can have a good idea of what where <clears throat> what's gonna happen to your living space. What about my plants? Are they Pinteresty? Plants are fun. Okay. The, the, the lot of hanging basket. The hanging baskets in the window is a little. I made those. No, it looks good. It literally looks good. They're not bad things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, back to it. 